Welcome to the Star Love Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Beck, the Oracle in New Orleans, founder of Inner Makeup Astrology. To learn more about what I do, visit innermakeup.net. But more importantly, we have Carrie Roy here. And (laughs) this is a real treat because Carrie Roy is a renowned psychic here in New Orleans. Um, She has been named the number one psychic medium to see in the USA by BBC America, the best psychic medium in New Orleans by Travel Channel. And she's been featured um, on Fox News Today, the Travel Channel, Discovery, A&E, and has been, most importantly, an integral part of this lovely, dear city, the Crescent City. <laughs> so, Carrie, how's it going? Thank you for that <laughs> lovely introduction. Yes. I'm floating on cloud nine now. Okay. Well, you know, actually, it really is, um, the heavens are actually interesting, even you know beyond the clouds. We can't see them now because it's evening, but we have a beautiful full moon in Taurus, which, you know, it's, it's really, it's right above us right now. And we were talking earlier, a little bit of the astrology that's happening exactly today is Mercury visually is in the heart of the sun. So that's said to be Kazemi. Um, so m- the Mercury exudes all this power of communication and it's it's very deep and intense. And, you know, I think that's actually going to be the tone of the interview that we're really going to probe some things deeply because like, we can have this conversation. Sure. Um, and then the most amazing thing is that this alignment happens on your in your birth chart the highest point of your chart, which is the midheaven, and also yes, and and my in my ascendant. So in we're in Scorpio, yes. And well, that's another thing because I know your chart and your Scorpio midheaven. So that is the sign of deep change, transformation, and and the departed. And you also you have Mercury yeah. and Neptune there. So yeah. communication yeah. and Neptune is very the, the, the you know the spiritual planet. Um, and but it's also connected to the the. Um, this the uh, fixed star and i'm going to get too off track here but it, it's very important because it actually we didn't plan this but the the lunations are very powerful um the north scale and it, it's symbolically called the full price it gives this is an interpretation good fortune high ambition um honor riches and permanent happiness and it also deals with psychic quality Psychic quality. So how about that? All those synchronicities in the heavens that are happening in this moment right now. We didn't plan it. (laughs) But... But let's, um, you know, that's all the out there stuff, but then we're also human beings, so let's get to you. Okay. Here so we are. you became very aware of your psychic abilities from an early age, correct? Yes. yes yeah. What was early. that like? Um, it was uh, pretty strange. Um, I was an only child uh, mm. of a group of interesting adults. Um, my family are all either scientists, inventors, um, mystics or um, creatives, mm. and so I was kind of the only child um, in that mix. Mm. And my grandfathers, both of them, um, very interesting, both inventors. Mm-hmm. Um, one was also an astrologer um, and a numerologist. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one was a mason and mm. an inventor. So mm-hmm. they weren't one and the same. They were different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and interesting, but, we have been just people should know we're sitting in a masonic temple right yes, now. Yes, yes. <laughs> so there's a little synchronicity around that, which is fun. Anyway, sorry, yep. continue. Oh no, no, <laughs> it's it's um, it's it's wonderful. Uh, to grow up in the Masonic um, culture, mm-hmm. my father and my grandmother and um, the daughters of the Eastern Star mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and the Demole mm-hmm. um, for the young younger folks, mm-hmm. uh, younger younger men. But um, interesting tradition to come up with. And yes, here we are in it, and very magical. Mm-hmm. Um, very, I have the Masonic Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably not supposed to have the my dad my grandfather's Masonic stuff, but I have it. Right. Um, we broke whatever is the sexist <laughs> tradition. In right. <laughs> um, and so, poof! I'm gonna like. Um, but it's uh, it's something that when I was young, my mother um, also uh, read tarot. She was a medium. Uh, she did seances. I grew up with seances as a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 60s mm-hmm. and uh, it was uh, very much you shut the curtains and made a dark room and the ladies all came together and held hands and table rocking and table knocking and so I was exposed to it at mm-hmm. a young age 
Um, when it first started happening to me, um, I saw some strange stuff with my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother, I saw her talk to a chair that just rocked, mm-hmm. that was nobody in it. And my mother was sitting there and talking to, um, at that point, her father who had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, there were some strange, like I grew up with it. And then uh, when I was seven, um, I was on Royal Street with mm-hmm. my mother. Um, it was summertime, and I remember there wasn't really much anybody on the street. And then all of a sudden, I saw a hundred people, mm. and they were all dressed up. And I thought it was Mardi Gras because mm-hmm. they were dressed in different time periods. And mm. so I saw what was like the layers and layers of the departed that are around us all the time, and I fainted. That is actually yeah. absolutely extraordinary because you think of the, you know yeah. the word palimpsest, like layers of culture, yeah. the land, like you can have like Roman catacombs, but you saw layers of people layers in of different people, you know periods, time periods. Wow! Yeah. And I thought it was Mardi Gras. Wow! And so when I came to, my mother was asking me what was going on, and I was asking about the people, and I thought it was Mardi Gras. Mm. So it was my mother kind of realized at that point. Um, she taught me um, how to turn it off before she taught me how to turn it back on because mm. it was overwhelming. Mm. Um, and so it was uh, it was an extraordinary childhood. Um, it was kind of weird. Uh, it was I was the strange kid um, at growing up because my parents were kind of weird. My mother mm. was the one that had the seances. My father was an opera singer. Mm-hmm. Um, we're yeah. going to get into that. One of yeah. the things that, you know, I think very discursively and freely, which, you know, can be good if you're in a psychoanalytic session, sure. but not always good, maybe in an interview. But I, I do want to move to this point. Sure. You said you grew up, it was, you know, sort of mystics and yeah. creative people, but also scientists. Yeah, scientists. So yes. it, it did, was there a break between, you know, some of the people who were scientists in your, or it was pretty much. Everybody got yeah, along. Yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, nowadays, see, that this is very, you know, it, it's there, everybody is so compartmentalized where it's like, okay, you do hard science over here, there's yeah. this spiritual thing over here, but you're telling me, no, your experience was very different. Very open because yeah. where the scientists get the idea to go looking for something, mm. my uncle was a famous zoologist mm. and he um, discovered amoeba and protozoa and stuff mm. and he found like looking into a pond mm. he wondered what were the single cell creatures that were in the pond now mm. why did he think that you mm-hmm. know i mean unless he had some kind of psychic flash mm. that there was something to look for mm-hmm. right so science um always starts with inspiration mm. and inspiration is psychic mm-hmm. ability mm-hmm. is creative ability is mm-hmm. <clears throat> the thing with science is that you look at you know the you look at the experiences uh, a bit more critically, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe than the artistic. Mm-hmm. Um, the artistic is just in the flow. But even the scientists, you know, I mean, look at the the um, every discovery is like a bolt of psychic inspiration. I think. You know, and this is interesting. There's, you know, because I'm an astrologer, and mm-hmm. it's interesting. There's some debate about whether astrology is. Some people say it's more Neptunian, which yeah. would be for people who are listening, it's more fluid, more oceanic, more psychic, more sure. more esoteric. And then, sort of, what you're defining is more Uranian, which yeah. is hard flashes of insight. Yeah. So I, I think it's actually both. But mm-hmm. I wonder if you could maybe delineate a little bit what might be the difference between something that's very fluid and esoteric and we really don't know and it's more emotional and you know we don't have it maybe as clear to us versus sort of what you're saying is like flashes of insight those are Mm -hmm. much more clear sort of the contrast between those two well i mean here's some stuff that's going on with science and psychic you know i get a lot of people that say um, that uh, they don't believe they're they're skeptics of of uh, you know psychic phenomenon and paranormal phenomenon. And I ask them how much research they've read lately because right? mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. um, within the scientific community. Um, there is the University of Arizona um, at Tucson. Uh, they have a wonderful uh, organization called the Windbridge Institute, and they mm-hmm. do a lot of research. And there's a woman, I believe it's Julia Moss, I believe. Um, and she has done some experiments where uh, there is a five-second uh, 
impact of uh, like chemicals that are released before somebody has seen an image. Uh, so, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Study. Yeah, the precognition yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, stuff. yeah. And so, you know, this isn't really woo-woo. So mm-hmm. Neptunian makes me think of woo-woo, mm-hmm. right? Um, <laughs> and you're not at all woo-woo, yeah, yeah. and I'm not woo-woo at all either. Yeah, yeah let me clarify with yeah. Neptune. I mean, you know, this... You, Neptune in sort of the highest sense is something spiritual, but also that we just, we don't, and maybe we'll never have our thumbs on everything because we can only focus on one thing at a time or certain things at a time. Whereas Neptune, I mean, if you think classically of like Poseidon throwing down his trident, I mean, that's the Greek equivalent. It's like this huge ocean coming at us. So we can't. There's no way to like, okay, we have that under our thumb. Yeah. <laughs> like we can sort of, you know, the, you know, and I, this was one of my other questions, you know, so we do some science on this, but can it, can it even be in a sense properly tested by the classical scientific method, sort of psychic phenomena or phenomena when somebody comes to see me for an astrology reading? Sure. Can, can, do we have to conform to the standards of traditional science or does it have to be kind of something else mixed in with science well we don't have to conform to them but it's the testing of this stuff has been going on for such a long time sure. i mean you've got the rhine institute with duke university you've got stanford has been um you know having a lot of uh, research going on uh, there's the institute of noetic sciences right. that were founded by mm-hmm. edgar mitchell yes you know so there's a lot of testing that's mm-hmm. been going on and so can it stand up to the you know rigors of science um scientific exam i think it has in a lot of ways mm-hmm. as dean Radin, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. um there are a lot of scientists that believe that they have enough evidence to support it. Mm-hmm. The same if you would hold it to any other scientific criteria, it mm-hmm. would you mm-hmm. know, hold to that. Mm-hmm. The um, Institute of um, no, the uh, Psychical Research, the um, International Society of Psychical Research, mm-hmm. you can't even be in that unless you're a scientist, degree, PhD, mm-hmm. like affiliated with the university. Mm-hmm. So... It's being held up to that. Mm-hmm. Should it be? I don't know. I mean, they don't hold religion up to that, really. You know, right. they just let it be what right. it is. You know? Yeah, that's an interesting point. I hadn't thought about that for our conversation tonight. But you take, for example, at least with you know astrology, it's like, okay, we know where Mars is. Or at, sure. le- at least there's some sort of, if somebody comes from a psychic green, there's some sort of parameters or idea of what's going on. Whereas... Yeah. You know, religion essentially cannot be tested at all. Although there, yes. there are wonderful, and I've learned a lot from theologians. There are these incredible arguments, or you know, apologetics that happen with theology. Sure, but, sure. but see, we're already. This is what I do. We get, we get off track. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to. I'm yes. really. You know, I'm interested. Especially you. You grew up with opera singers. Yes. And you know, this this was a connection. We'll get into this a little bit more, but. What was that like? Because opera is such a tradition. And a lot of people don't really know opera. They don't know, oh my gosh, the wonderful history of bel canto singing sure. or Italian opera or German opera or, you know, French. I mean, all these different languages and a certain style of singing that's very visceral. And, you know, it's really, we don't have that as much today, which is, yeah. it tends to be much more... You know, we have beeps and cell phones and the the sounds that come through the radio tend to be more tinny. And it's, you know, we have all these microphones. It's wonderful. We can even record this now. But it's not like it used to be when, say, you know, Bessie Smith even. I mean, there's a a great blues singer. You know, she would get out on stage in a bar and have, I have to project. Yes, yeah, so well, we're going to talk yeah. about that later. Yeah. And then, you know, she would have to get out and project yeah. with her voice yeah. in a bar. I, can I mean, do that. Yeah, I, yeah, I've done that. I'm, okay, I so, so, that. okay yeah. so tell me a little yeah. bit then what it was like. I used to sing Bessie Smith. So oh my God! Okay, see, I didn't know I that. Started out as a singer, uh, right? I didn't start out as okay, a and I knew that. We're going to get to yeah. we're going to get to that. But yeah. so, so, what was it like? Okay, growing up um, young and well, hearing your opera yeah. is big. Yeah, right? opera's huge. Mm-hmm. Like opera is not little stuff. It's right. like big stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, opera is very big issues. It's very dramatic. So as a kid, you know, I would see look up on the stage, and my father would be like killing. My mother, you know, because my mother was an opera singer too. Mm-hmm. For, uh, she was a wonderful opera singer, but 
um, like literally there was a, a, a ship, an opera where my father was killing my mother, strangling her. Mm-hmm. What, do you remember which opera that was? I can't, no, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, no. Okay. I could probably ask my dad, yeah. you know, I could ask my dad. Okay, yeah, that would be, yeah. Um, but no, I have a little bit of a mental block against that, but mm. no, I, but... Um, I, I saw things that you wouldn't normally see as mm-hmm. a little kid that mm-hmm. were very dramatic. I mean, there's mm-hmm. operas where nobody is alive at the end of sure. the, the, the opera. Yeah, I know? mean, it's Shakespearean. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so as a kid, I saw big, heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. And opera singers are not shy, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, what do you think of opera singers? So, right, you can't. Um, yeah. <laughs> very grand personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Um, a multilingual, you mm-hmm. know, um, national, tra- traveling nationally, uh, internationally uh, with my father and my mother was wonderful experience mm-hmm. and I think broadened my ability to connect with people mm-hmm. um, uh, in all different environments. So, yeah. This actually, see, I, now this is great. The conversation opens it up and I was thinking about this, but... I was interested, you know, I guess you or yourself, or I'm kind of interested in your dad. There's this break, at least in opera, because I'm very interested in opera, and I don't Mm -hmm. want to spend too, too much time on this, but sort of the old school, much more chesty voices, much more, you know, to get, not to get too, but the larynx is low. People remember, like, the old cartoon of, like, seeing, you know, the mouth wide open. It's not so much that nowadays. So I guess your father is of the old school then. Oh, yeah, Yeah. no, I remember when it wasn't Mike when the opera wasn't like yeah you know now it's everything's mic'd right and recorded and yeah uh, before there were um the libretto was something that you read prior to it it wasn't something that was being flashed across the top right right um that was the old school stuff wow okay so we lived for a while up in new york city yeah father um yeah wow so um he was with the New York City Opera Company. Which is huge. I yeah, mean, for, for people good. listening, yeah. I mean, this is a my, huge my opera. My stepmother yeah. was with the Met. Wow. Um, so I, I, it's a, I come from that family mm-hmm. of... Uh, um, yeah, performers. So, yeah. And, and pe- people listening should know, I mean, these are some of the major opera companies in the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and, you know, take New York City Opera, Beverly Sills, the yeah, famous yeah. Um, American soprano, she yeah. managed for a long time, very successfully. I mean, these are... So I was this... friends with her kids. Her really? Kids, yeah, Muffy and, yeah. Oh, okay. With her kids. Wow. In New Beverly. And, uh, yeah, it was that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be 60, so, I mean, it, oh, was, wow. it was in the 60s. So, yeah. You know, I... I no, well, I guess the seven, early 70s when we lived there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my father would come back here and do operas. And mm. Norman Tragel was from here. Mm. So there, there's some great opera singers. Mm-hmm. But you can't really have a career doing it in New Orleans. You right. really have to go to the big cities. Right. So this is interesting. So tell me a little bit about your old singing. You're your singing. Like, I'm thinking your, your old father. Well, but, you know, you're, you're singing yourself. A, you said you have a huge yeah, voice. As a kid, I... Um, I I wanted to be a singer. Mm. Um, I didn't think that I was going to start out being a, a psychic. It mm-hmm. wasn't something that I really came to until I was in my early 20s. Um, so I kind of followed the footsteps, uh, but I didn't sing opera. I mm-hmm. sang the blues mm. and I ah, sang jazz. Okay. And mm. so um, it was to me just as dramatic singing the blues. And I loved mm. Bessie Smith. See, this is um, what yeah. we're talking. Isn't this yeah. incredible? We just come yeah. to this where it's like there, there is a connection yeah. between like her in the early 20th century singing in a bar and projecting, but also mm-hmm. like a late 19th century oh, bell canto. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. A good man <laughs> is hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. all. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Give me a pig foot and a bottle of beer. And, mm-hmm. You know, this, that stuff. And, and so I, I really had this angelic kind of soprano voice. And so I made myself. I've got uh, four planets in Capricorn, right? I've got... I'm yes. pretty heavy in the Capricorn. Well, so. and actually, I would say most critically, yeah. you have yeah. Venus right on your ascendant, which yeah. Venus yeah. is love, sweetness, but it's also artistry. Yeah. So you have yeah. Venus right on that angle yeah. there. But I work at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, Capricorn, yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I, I drank gin and I smoked Lucky Strike cigarettes so that I could start, and I sang Bessie Smith songs mm. so that I would have this raspy mm. voice, and I did. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, but it wasn't, and so I, it's very interesting the way that being a singer actually started my psychic career. 
And that's what I wanted to yeah. ask you because yeah. oftentimes you do see a connection between creativity and helping professions and sure. healers and even HR professionals. I mean, it's sure. very interesting. I wanted to ask you about that. What, where do you think that connection comes from or, you know, how is it manifested in your life? You know, you've sung at various points in your life. How does that, you know, segue into your work as a psychic? Well, how it segues, I literally got my first gig as a psychic through the woman who booked me as a singer. Really? Yes. And so um, she asked me if I would be able to do that thing um, I sang. Um, and she was a wonderful booking agent. Mm-hmm. And she knew me in a social way. And people that knew me knew I knew how to do tarot and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she asked me if I could do that stuff for something that was new. Um, and this was, I was in a university in Philadelphia. And so they asked me, she asked me if I could do uh, tarot cards and palm and stuff like that for something new that was starting up and it was Renaissance fairs. Mm. And so I started actually doing psychic stuff. My first real psychic gigs mm-hmm. were through this woman who knew me as a singer. Interesting. So it literally. Wow. It literally gave me my first gigs, right? Wow. So, um, and then, you know, in New Orleans, I could either sing. When I came back here, I could either sing or I could read. And mm-hmm. so I it just everything, I got another gig for um, MTV and for VH1 mm. doing readings mm. for NAFTI, which is this thing that used to happen down here, the National Association mm. of Film mm-hmm. and TV Production, da-da-da. And um, I did psychic uh, readings for them, and it just, that kind of stuff was fell into my lap. Mm-hmm. And so psychic stuff was really what I was supposed to do with myself. Mm-hmm. And so I had a fork in the road, mm-hmm. and I could either, you know, sing, or I could do readings. Mm-hmm. And so I embarked on doing readings, which mm-hmm. was a, a much more unknown path than being a singer, because mm-hmm. I grew up with singers, so mm-hmm. I knew what that gig was mm-hmm. like. But as a psychic, when I started out doing readings in the 80s, it was not like a real profession. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was not something like you didn't go to school and then, you know, start, get a job as a psychic. Well, you know, see, this yeah. is interesting for somebody who's relatively new to New Orleans. What yeah. what was it? I mean, you'd imagine there were some psychics in, I mean, it's New Orleans. Oh, definitely. Yeah, the but bottom it, of the cup tea room. Yeah. Um, there was a place that I worked on Bourbon Street called Yesteryears mm-hmm. back then. Um, I did readings in the back of there. That was I. That was on Bourbon Street. I did not like that gig. I mm-hmm. liked the woman who owned the place. Mm-hmm. I think she's passed now. But mm-hmm. um, I did not like doing work on Bourbon Street, even mm-hmm. though it was in the back of mm-hmm. the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I had my own places twice um, in the French Quarter. I also worked for the bottom of the cup. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 90s mm-hmm. and, and so I cut my teeth on that I never worked in the square mm-hmm. um, I'm, I always say really because I'm too bougie because I really <laughs> I mean I don't like I'm, I, I don't like yeah. camping and to me it's like camping you know so, this is I, yeah. I do just want to quickly dial back so you sure. would say there were actually much less spiritual practitioners oh, in the city yeah. oh, oh that's oh, interesting because yeah. oh, yeah. you, you oh, would no. think that there were just oh, no, oh it's no, always no. New oh, Orleans no, no. interesting no, okay no, 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 okay no, no, no. That's no, interesting. Yeah. Oh, no. No, there were very... And we were old school. Like, I I cut my teeth with the old people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're mostly dead now. Mm-hmm. Um, there were not a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There were not a lot of shops. There were not a lot of practitioners. Mm-hmm. Um, most, Like I said, a lot of them are dead now. Mm-hmm. You know, I was very fortunate. Um, yeah. So, what did you yeah. learn from some of them? I mean, because they, you know, they had, you know... Well, you pers- know, how to read like a professional. How mm-hmm. to read, how to be able to do... 10, 12 readings a day, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... how to read like a pro, right? Right. I mean, it's not just, again, mm-hmm. this this woo-woo thing. Mm-hmm. You have to show up for people in mm-hmm. a very deep and profound way. Yes. But you've got to do it and be able to do that like mm-hmm. 10 times a day, right? Right, and I think this is something people, they should know. Like, if I go to an event, I do tarot, or if they come to an astrology reading from me, it's like I put... 
not in considerable. I mean, looking at fixed stars and angles, oh, and you yeah. know, for for you to show up and do sure. a reading, you you know, you're giving your whole soul oh, to yeah. a person. So yeah. that that does take a, such an amount of energy. So to you yeah. know, well, that must have been somewhat fortunate to have some you know mentors to help oh, help yeah. you. Yeah. you yeah. Know. My mother was also a right. mentor to me. Yeah. I mean, my mother yeah. taught me. I, I she she gave me permission to smoke cigarettes through the tarot cards. <laughs> You know, I mean, I'm, I learned how to do tarot from my mother taught me. I mean, I still have her deck. Oh, wow. Um, I don't read with tarot. Mm-hmm. I stopped reading uh, with tarot or any devices years, and, like a long time ago. Right. And, but um, the tarot is something that she taught me. So mm. I was fortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, playing cards, there was Dolores. She's Oh, she was reading into her 80s. My new thing is I want to be the oldest living um, continual reading psychic in the world. That's my newest goal. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think that's, you will be. That's very, it's especially the, I think if, if tonight yeah. is a starting point, it portends good things. Yeah. Um, as long as, I feel like the, the, again, the sun in Scorpio, and Scorpio is a very intensive sign, and Mercury, Mercury's literally, it's mm-hmm. in the heart of the sun, actually the, in the most exact point that it's been in decades and decades. So usually, the, you know, the, the planets visually move across the sun, but it's this time around, it's ex- almost exactly in the center visually of the sun. So I think it's, this is a great starting point as long as we get to the bottom of things, the bottom yeah. of the cup. But I, I did. Otis. Yeah. Otis is still at the bottom of the oh, cup. Oh, yes, yes. I adore him, yeah. Otis. And yeah. I, Otis knows me as a youngin', youngin'. <laughs> he and I go way back. No, he knows me in my like 20s. Like, oh, wow. He knows me. Yeah. And I, we know each other. Oh, my gosh. See, now yeah. I think this is, I didn't even know where this was all going to yeah. come up, but it's so important, I think, because of the history of New Orleans mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and they, this is really critical to put this on record sure. you know because I think it doesn't always people there was, yeah. yeah there were only yeah. four ghost tours back then there was wow. only four of them wow only four of them wow. and only one of them is still in existence wow right so it was very very different which one of them happens Haunted to Haunted History okay. still Sidney Smith he's, he came back and after Katrina he and he's been here doing uh ghost tours for many many years and i i he's really showed up for the city and stuff Mm. so i'm glad to see that he's Mm -hmm. still in business but the other ones aren't Uh, but i did a lot of those paranormal investigations in the french quarter in the 80s and the 90s right um at a lot of those old buildings the Mm -hmm. the restaurants and hotels and Mm -hmm. the le petit theater and Mm -hmm. so many of the haunted parts of the french quarter and Mm -hmm. and rice's properties and stuff back then Mm. Um, but there wasn't a lot. There really wasn't. There mm. wasn't a lot of us. There, mm. there just wasn't. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, that's a mo- more recent phenomenon, especially mediums. They're like, everybody's a medium now. Right. There were no mediums. Like, I mean, I don't know where everybody, like, I mean, they just were not mediums. Yeah. And now everybody's, I think it has a lot to do with the TV, the Long Island medium. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, there's a lot of voodoo. There was only a handful of voodoo people and they were legit. Mm. You know, I'm not so sure about some of the ones that are mm-hmm. out there now, whether they're mm-hmm. legit or not. Mm-hmm. But there was a handful of them back then that were legit. But mm-hmm. it wasn't a lot. And mm-hmm. now there's probably, what, 50 ghost tours, I bet? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So I did want to get back to, you know, again, as a child traveling around, you know, in the opera world. You had told me at one point there was a fun story. You sat on William F. Buckley's lap. And for people who don't know, he was the famous conservative. William Yeah. Yeah. He was the. Very conservative. Yeah. Yeah. He was the. He had the famous show firing line. But. Yeah. He was very. Yes. Yes. He was upper, upper, upper. Snooty, mm-hmm. um, William Buckley, and it was in uh, growing up and being in the opera business. The the patrons of the arts were very often the movers and the shakers. Sure. Right? So, um, and my father sang uh, in D.C. My father sang all over the world, and so um, I was fortunate to be around people um, like William F. Buckley. Mm-hmm. And it was the 60s, you mm-hmm. know? And so you'd sit on somebody's lap like mm-hmm. that. It yeah. wasn't a big thing. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I, it was so great. I got to be around a lot of uh, wonderful people. My father did debut operas. Mm. It was in, in D.C., in the Kennedy Center. Mm-hmm. And, 
and yeah, City Opera, France, Geneva. And if, if for people who who don't know uh, William Buckley, he had this voice yeah. like he would sit there. Was, like, yeah, could you? What yeah, was? Yeah. You remember what he his was voice? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. was very. Um, he was very white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You didn't get more. Um, yeah, upper yeah. upper main line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, than William Buckley, and he was a political. Um, yeah, he was a great political mind uh, of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was an interesting. The sixties were a very interesting political time period. Yeah. So this is so this is interesting. So you have such a broad based experience sure. as we're, we're talking about. I mean, yeah. really traveling the world. Yeah. Having, I mean, many children yeah. don't have parents singing like oh, that in I the home. So I mean, yeah. or even a mother who can sort of credibly yeah. introduce you to the tarot. Yeah. Um, she also played with Professor Longhair, my mother. She was very talented. Okay. She was wow. a very multi talented woman. She, yeah. So, how, you know, how, yeah. we touched on it a little bit, but has there been other types of work that you've done? I mean, you said you, you've no, sung. pretty much. Pretty much it. this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I was lucky. I did this, um, you know, this has been my gig. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, tried, you know, every once in a while to do something, but I never really, singing was the only other thing. That, that I was able to do mm-hmm. uh, and I never really wanted to do that as a profession so mm-hmm. I just stuck with doing readings mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though it was slim sometimes I mean, mm-hmm. it was just like any other business that you start on your own mm-hmm. um, it takes a long time sure. and it took a long time for it to be really the you know I, I look back at some of my tax returns mm-hmm. <laughs> and I chuckle and I'm like how did I live on that right yeah you know? I mean thank God you know New Orleans like yeah. you could live pre-Katrina mm-hmm. but you know yeah. Well, so here's a question I have for you. You sure. know, for people who you know, because we're talking about creative professions. Yeah. I mean, because really, the, the, these are the divine arts or the divinatory arts, or you know. But other people have all sorts of other creative professions, or in, or maybe just sure. people, you know, who are in maybe HR, just other. They're look trying to look at their life creatively. What advice would you have to, for them? Where it's like, I'm starting out. Wow, I'm really like maybe a, an entrepreneur, a yeah. sole proprietor. What advice would you have to people starting out? You know, because you. you yourself have said okay I really had to build myself up over a series of years sure. and, yeah, and be yeah. and be as you've said be independent really at an early age yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. I was I was independent very young um, it was just something that was expected um, when I was coming up in the 70s that you by the time you were 18 you were on your own like mm-hmm. that was just what was assumed and so, uh, but doing readings and stuff again, I probably started doing those in my early twenties more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'll be sixty soon, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's a long, I've been mm-hmm. a long time. But um, I, what I would say to entrepreneurs is to do. You've got to walk a line between two things. Like right? you've got to be really, really persistent and optimistic, but you also have to be realistic, mm. right? And don't, uh, you know, give things time. It mm-hmm. takes time to build things. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people look at it and they just think, I've got this idea and I'm just going to do this and it's going to make me money. Mm-hmm. And it, that isn't necessarily the way it works for, to start with. And yeah, so. You know, it's so interesting. Yeah. I, I don't want to interject too, but I always, the planetary energies that would probably most acutely relate to that are Jupiter and Saturn. Sure. So Jupiter is expansion. It's like luck. Yeah. It's like, yes, Jupiter yeah. is it's jovial and Saturn is more the taskmaster and interestingly they're gonna Saturn is going through his home sign of Capricorn right now you know and I know yes yeah for you and then and Jupiter is actually entering into Capricorn soon too and then actually in uh, late 2020 they're going to be in, it's called the Great Conjunction, and it happens every 20 years. So I guess we could relate it planetarily to maybe people who are listening. Hey, you know what? Now's the time to really get climbing. Capricorn's the goat. Yeah. And expand, but understand you have to discipline. And then hopefully by the end of 2020, when they come together, it's like you got the foot on the gas pedal. So maybe if people out there who are listening, hey, I'm a sole proprietor. You know, it's the climb up the mountain, and hopefully late 2020, that could be yeah. a nice lunation for people. Oh, sure. yeah. yeah. And and take the risks. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a lot of being a sole proprietor, a lot of being a, an entrepreneur 
is that you got to hustle yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and that's in the creative things mm-hmm. or in the healing things mm-hmm. or in the psychic arts mm-hmm. or astrologers mm-hmm. or artists, mm-hmm. not necessarily good at self-promotion. Mm-hmm. But, so right. it's something that you have to learn to right. do, which I had to learn to do. Sure. And it, because what a mentor told me once is like, if you don't self-promote, then you can't help people if they don't know where you are. Right. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Dialing back on something. So you went to, um, you said you lived in New York, you, yeah, you know, lived Temple here. University. Yeah, but this yeah. is exactly what I was going to say. So yeah. you went, it, yeah. see, there are a lot of, con- people should know there are a lot of connections between sure. us because I'm from Philadelphia and I actually yeah. have a classical music background. So it's, yes. there's a lot of fun connections. And yeah. then I think I was saying at the beginning of this session, the highest point in your chart, which is the midheaven, is the same degree as my ascendant, which is what was happening on the eastern horizon. I mean, that's a this mm-hmm. is this really is very this is what synchronicity is. So some, somehow we're bound together. I mean, yeah, it's really I love you. Yeah, I love you too. <laughs> but it's it's so it's you know it's amazing to think about that and that yeah. the, that there's something more going on than just what the mind can endeavor to do. Um, yeah, but anyway, so yeah. enough enough about the two of us. But the the you were what how was Philly? for you temple cold um mm-hmm. temple was cool uh i i got to um you know i i went i was in the communications department i was mm. in the theater department i was in the music department wow. <laughs> i bounced oh, wow. around a little bit yeah. um, minor in theology mm-hmm. um i i loved uh comparative religions mm. and that's when i started a lifelong love of meditation mm. and buddhism mm. um Zen was I was really into Zen mm-hmm. in like eighty one eighty two. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished school in like eighty three, so mm. I, mm. I skedaddled and came back down here. Okay, so, so um, what? You see, that again, this is very interesting. A lot of people don't necessarily have a background of comparative religion. They don't. Sure. They don't know how to compare different faith traditions. Sure. But what? What did you find in comparing different faith traditions? All roads lead to Rome, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. trying to find the perfection, of, mm-hmm. you know, of, of self. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, everybody's trying to kill the ego. Mm-hmm. Um, every single, and again, all roads lead to Rome. Like it's all the same stuff. Mm-hmm. It goes back, and it everything is just a spin. Um, there is no new gods. Mm-hmm. It's all. It's, it, it's all mm-hmm. spins on the same gods, mm-hmm. and you know who is the victor mm-hmm. is the one that has the you know best story. Mm-hmm. Right? But I think everything is just trying to perfect the soul, to mm-hmm. lose the ego, mm-hmm. um, to be Christ-like or to be Buddha-like, mm-hmm. uh, and it it's it's in every religion it's the the kernel, the the source, and mm-hmm. so. I studied it in like the late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. I was lucky. Um, Joseph Campbell mm, really spoke sure, to me. Sure, The hero with a thousand faces. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was very lucky to be introduced to that mm-hmm. by um, my mother's sister. who was a scientist. Mm. Um, she was a professor um, also. And she um, turned me on to a lot of stuff. And hero with a thousand faces was mm. something that she mm-hmm. turned me on to. Mm. Um, other things that shaped me a lot uh, were Seth. Do you know the Seth? Yes, the Seth yeah. tapes and yeah, yes. Seth speaks and mm-hmm. stuff like that. that mm. I kind of stumbled upon that around that same time. Mm. Um, uh, Krishnamurti, I, I stumbled upon that around that time. Alan Watts, a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything um, really to me, I, when I was a little kid, I instinctively... Um, uh, I had a couple weird things happen. I, I made a sculpture mm. uh, of, of, of a Hindu, a sadhu, mm. um, and I had no idea what that was, mm-hmm. and I just sculpted it. I still mm. have it to this day. Um, no reason why I should know that what that was. You know, this is incredible, because there was, um, I was listening to the radio the other day, a, um, an artist from Louisiana, Robert Sonier, he does all the, sort of like... Um, 
you know, fluorescent lighting and its strands. But he, at one point he went to India and he was starting to, or at one point he was starting to sculpt. And then mm-hmm. they were like, oh, well, that's that God. And he, he didn't know that. Yeah. It's sort of yeah. exactly what you're saying. Yeah, so it's pretty so, crazy. Yeah, the sort crazy. of what, you know, for people that also, another name would be Carl Jung, this idea oh, that yes. there yeah. are there are these archetypes or things yeah. that do, I mean, obviously each culture is different, but there are these common, is what you're they saying. Yeah. yeah, and then they're, they're really from somewhere deep inside the psyche. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, it's really it's some deep primal place. Yep. I also wrote myths um, when, as a little girl. The Greek gods really spoke to me um, as a child hmm. at five, six years old. Like mm-hmm. heavy stuff um, made more sense to me. What were they saying? Um, well, I just aligned myself with Artemis. I, I felt interesting. That okay. Yeah, the mm-hmm. goddess of the hunt, the moon, Diana. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so definitely yeah. warrior energy. Yeah. I think we were yeah. talking about this a little bit. The warrior energy. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so this again, this is me. I, I love to go deep philosophically and spiritual, spiritually, but. Um, well, actually, one more question, sort of on that line. So, the part of the. I think I'd heard you say this. The part of the brain that is intuitive and creative is also connected to something metaphysical. Could mm-hmm. you talk about that a little bit? Um, you mean God or or, or well, just greater the, than... Yeah, just the idea that the creative inspiration sure. can be somehow... Divine? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. It's... I, boy, it's... How does one... When I was little, I would lie in bed and I would hear symphonies being downloaded into mm. my mind, into mm-hmm. my little brain mm-hmm. as a kid. Right? Um, I had no idea how to translate that into reality, so they just ended up filtering through me and going out. Mm. Um, I have terrible hand-eye coordination, so I, I'm not a good instrumentalist, mm-hmm. but I heard it, and it mm. came through to me. Um, painters. My father is a painter now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's retired uh, from being a singer, mm-hmm. um, and he's a painter. And he's in this zone where where stuff is just coming through him onto canvas. Um, so where is that stuff coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think it's the divine. Um, you know, collective consciousness is everything that ever was, everything that ever will be, mm-hmm. is out there. Mm. Um, and so I think that creatives tap into that. Mm. What that is, I don't, you know, what the divine is, I mm-hmm. don't know really, but that's where I think we go. And you think that that is related to psychic ability? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Of yeah. Course it is. Yeah. yeah. To me, yeah, it, it only makes sense um, that it's, you're going into the zone where time is fluid, mm. right? Um, artists quite often see things in 3D in mm-hmm. their mind. I mean, it's, you're bending the rules, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, it's the idea of art. You take something from before your materials, and then you are stepping forward you yeah. know, in some way. Yeah. Okay, let, let's get a little bit more down to base. I, I love this. This is more than I was even expecting, which is great. Um, but, you know, on a basic level, why do people come see you for a reading? Um, boy. Uh, or maybe that's not so yeah. basic. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not basic <laughs> okay. at all. Uh, um, but for psychic readings, um, it's five things. Uh, all humans want to know about romance, finance, career, health, family. Mm. Um, uh, those, are the, those are the big five that people want to know about that come to me for psychic readings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also, I am a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is to connect with people who have passed. Uh, there's a lot of sorrow. There's a lot of grief mm-hmm. out there. Um, people are walking around with a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. So they come to me for that. Um, I used to laugh and say that if, if men weren't jerks, I'd be out of business. It used to be <laughs> really? all love. No, it was always love, love, love. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I felt like everybody uh, came okay. to see me see about it. love. Right. You know? but right. Was he cheating on me? Does mm-hmm. he, is he thinking about me? Mm-hmm. Is he leaving his wife for me? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and, and it felt like it was just all just a sea of love mm-hmm. trouble. You mm-hmm. know? Um, but uh, people want to know their purpose. People want to know, um, you know, financially. People mm-hmm. are walking around a lot in PTSD these days. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to know that the future is going to be all right. And, mm-hmm. and so that is what I do as a psychic is that I try to look at somebody's future. Mm-hmm.
and find the opportunities and the things for them to look forward to. And so that's a lot of what people come to me for. Okay, so this brings us around to the fate free will question. Sure. You know, how, how much, when you say looking into the future, sure. how much do you think? I, I mean, certain people, there are different philosophers, different thinkers. There, time, there's like, I don't think it exists at all. I okay. Think time is a filing system. I don't think it really exists. Okay. When I was coming up, they talked about the Hall of Akashic Records. Again, yes, what yes. Everything that ever was and ever will be is there. Mm. Um, it exists somewhere right, in the Hall of Akashic Records. Right? So in some ways, it's not even a proper question. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. I guess I still do want to ask, well, then how sure. much free will agency do we have? Um, oh, that's a good one. Um, uh, a lot or, and, and none. Um, Interesting. I I think if if you ask what my personal opinion is Mm -hmm. about this whole thing, is I think it's a choice. I think I picked everything that I'm experiencing. Mm. I really do. I think that it's all good. I don't question it. I show up. Mm -hmm. I wear it. Um, What I took out of all of the religions that I studied is to wear this like a loose garment. Mm. So um, I think it's all good. I think I picked it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm picking it along the way, but I, I have um, this desire not to know everything my own self because I like the element of surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I don't read for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have insights. I do. I've gotten readings from you. You're wonderful. Thank you. No, you're wonderful. <laughs> but I don't. It's not something that I I do a lot of myself. I try to be here now. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't help but know some things about my own life. Mm-hmm. You know, I I just can't block it out. A hundred percent, but yeah. Well, it's just just quickly from an astrological perspective. Sure. There is debate. I mean, mythologically, the Greeks did believe that. I think it was the the was it the fates that they they spun your chart. And I think sure. there's there's debate. The soul actually can, to some degree, choose the chart. Sure. Um, and there's debate about that. But you can actually have a lot of degree of choosing what you're saying, choosing your chart beforehand. And then yeah. it said. Once that happens and you come into this incarnation, you really can't change it. And it's said that even Zeus himself didn't have power power over that. that. So it's kind of this idea that the moment of birth is really critical. And it's so that in that there's this old saying "Two character is destiny. So our own nature kind of leads us to situations. And hopefully the idea is we become to know ourselves better. And that's what, you know, specifically astrology can do. Um, Yeah. So that it's, it's not so much when, one looks at a chart that it's like it's at least in a psychological sense i mean there's different ways to do it but you're getting in touch with your nature and to sure. understand yourself sure which is that's a big theme you know in spirituality yeah, literature a map. yeah yeah, yeah. A map of yeah. Your psyche. right yeah. yeah this is another interesting question or i think it's interesting but with astrology especially some of the more predictive forms of astrology mm-hmm. there are very serious ethics sometimes we can't take a chart sure. like the chart it'll it'll show up that it's not radical is what yeah. it's called like there there'll be something like if saturn's in the 7th house of me the astrologer i can't do you it can't or like them. It's, you know, it's just there are certain things in the chart. It's like you can't do this. So, you know, I I guess I have two questions to you on that. Are there any times? Yeah. Yeah. Are there any times where like, look, I can't do this? Yeah. 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 Um, I do not tell people death is not my thing man. and the, people come to me about it sometimes and I do I have to yeah. say this too because there are I tell people all the time if somebody's predicting death you yeah. really run away from them Absolutely. because the next thing we can talk about the Egyptians believed that what we said we were encanting and a lot, yeah. a lot of people are yeah. very tuned into this nowadays so if you say that then that yeah. we yeah. there was a famous astrologer she said we live with yeah. the karma of what yeah, we say sure. yeah. so I'm oh, sorry okay sorry yeah, go ahead no, it's morbid yeah. it doesn't do anybody any good right right why not do what I do is that I'm trying to do the world good. Right. right. So I think that telling people when they're going to die or anybody else that they're going to die a mm-hmm. moment before they're going to die doesn't mm-hmm. do anybody any good. Mm-hmm. Right. So some things like that, I don't want to tell anybody. I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. I've worked hard to kind of shut that kind of stuff out. Right. You know? Right. Um, other stuff that, uh, again, if it's something that I can't do anything about, you know, then will I, you know, there's times where the truth, if given really mm-hmm. hard and heavy at somebody, might shatter them, mm-hmm. right? And so you have to be measured. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the way you present things. Mm-hmm. Just because I see something 
and I know it's right and that's what's going to happen to mm-hmm. somebody. Sometimes I have to couch that in yeah. a way that's acceptable to the psychic and psychological state sure. of the person that I'm talking with. And you know that too. Yes, right? and it's interesting. I'm thinking there was a famous 17th century, very famous astrologer, William mm-hmm. Lilly, and I think he said something along the lines, well, if you have a bad chart, you don't want to give somebody a bad judgment upon that. Yeah, <laughs> so you have to, yeah. he always was trying to find the silver lining you and, you yeah. know, t- so that that was a big thing for him and to, to really counsel people. Um, this is another question I have. So another thing, there are different theories about this in astrology, but I want to get your take from the psychic perspective. Do you feel like when somebody comes for a reading, that actually is what opens the doorway to spirit that it has to be actually some sort of pressing situation and then it allows it to open or can it just be any time i have some people because because we're in new orleans and it's always been the way it's been since i've been doing readings is that people because it's new orleans just want to get a reading sometimes mm-hmm. for, for the heck of it mm-hmm. you know what i mean for <laughs> entertainment because right. that's what you do when you're in new orleans right, right? <laughs> And so I've read for people who have zero going on in their life, and I've had to fill that time with something, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, some people, you just have to read them mm-hmm. again. That's maybe what I learned from the, the elders, mm-hmm. is that you have to connect with everybody. It mm-hmm. doesn't. I have to put myself on the side, mm-hmm. and I have to connect with everybody, mm-hmm. right? Whether I want to or not, it yeah. is interesting. I want yeah. you know, I do find myself. Yeah, there are situations like I'll be doing an event or something, and it's like, oh yeah, I just kind of want to get a reading, and then the reading's kind of like that. Oh, da 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 da. Whereas yeah. if somebody does have a pressing question, then sure. things I feel like spiritually it does really activate. Yeah. But I don't know. You, you're saying yes or sort of or. Well, I I ideally. Yes, yeah. ideally yeah. that's great, right? Mm-hmm. But some people come in and they're vague. Some people come in and they're like, and they need help just like everybody else does. You and know? You did, this yeah. is this is actually interesting too. Again, from the astrological yeah. perspective, yeah. some of the, the there are texts that talk about oh, if it's this certain degree, the person's not necessarily being sincere. Sure. So yeah. that happens too. So yeah. I wonder, do you, do you have any ways to sort of figure that out? Like, you know what? Like, there's certain astrologers who have said. I actually think maybe you could try this like spiritually, you know, maybe not a reading is not what you need. Like you need to go just work on this or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, have I ever directed people somewhere else? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I, they need much more than me. Sure. Much sure. more than I can offer. Sure. Sure. And so, yeah, I, I try to, you know, steer them where they need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But there, there's some strange things. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. I've come across some strange... I had somebody that I know came to me because they hurt somebody and they wanted to know if I could see mm. that they did. And because if I could see it, then they felt like they would get caught by the cops or something like that. It was very strange. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So, you know, there's every once in a while you get something that isn't mm-hmm. like an ideal mm-hmm. that, yeah, you have to work with and deal with. And it's not, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if somebody shows up with a question, I always say that it's not a, um, it's not a spectator sport. Mm-hmm. Right? that getting a good reading you have to be participatory this is kind of what I'm saying I think there from the way I feel about this there is the participatory nature of the reading and then that it comes alive in that moment sure Um, which I think that see this gets back to the science that cuts against science a little bit because science feels that oh we should just be able to observe it and beyond you know sort of a reasonable standard be able to replicate this but if we're talking about and Jung talked about this that you know you couldn't do you know, so, like if it really, it's hard to do science on one client coming in because everybody's different sure. too. Yeah. So, okay. and, and there's stuff, you know, I, this is funny because my mother uh, was killed when I was younger, teenager, mm. and her sister adopted me. Mm. And uh, she was a scientist. She was the one that was a scientist. And she um, gave me the. James Randi, uh, the Skeptical Inquirer, uh, she subscribed me to that. Mm-hmm. And so I would get those. And, uh, you know, Randy always wanted to give somebody a million dollars to take the right, test. Right, right. And so I've been asked. I mean, I've done some testing, mm-hmm. but people have asked, why don't I do the mm-hmm. Randy test? You know? mm-hmm. And it's like, because I'm scared. Right. You know, it's hard. Yeah. It's scary to me. Yeah. You know, it's like, ouch, they hate me already, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so 
it's there's a human element to it. I mm-hmm. had somebody who I know who said that they were going to try to make their heart stop or something insane with the Randy stuff. So people have been trying to do it, but I haven't done it because it scares me. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of you know. Yeah, there was a one. There was a famous these. Ver, I don't know if you've heard of the Vernon Clark trials. I think they were done in like the '60s, but actually they, it did yield for. It was like double blind. It was like an astrologer in one room. It was like mm-hmm. people in another room. And they actually were able to yield some positive results. But again, yeah. the theory is because it was this participatory moment. Sure. Um, and, you know, it, for that, there, you know, obviously now I, with astrology, there have been some bad results. Sure. And I think where I'm, yeah. So the, there's, there have been some psychic, I mean, oh, you yeah. know, Sylvia was wrong. I've been wrong sometimes. I yeah. tell people, yeah. run away from a psychic that says they're 100%. Right. You know? Right. Because it's foolish. Right. right? I mean, right. there's like everybody has a time where they're not batting mm-hmm. a thousand. But well, it's interesting. I think because we live in such a scientific age and gratefully sure. we just expect the light bulb to turn on or yeah. we expect and we expect everything to be that way. But it's yeah. when you're dealing in matters of spirit, it's really not that way. It's each individual moment. Sure. Um, and then it, it, you're, as you say, you pointed out very you're so smart that's why i wanted to i wanted to have you because we can really it's hard to actually find a lot of spiritual practitioners who do know some of the skeptical arguments and to really respond you know credibly to them boy i've had some fun times i i've I've, I've, I've done um a gentleman had me uh the hum uh secular humanists mm-hmm. um i did a couple of their tv shows and mm-hmm. i thought that that was going to be like a bloodbath mm-hmm. i thought they were going to take mm-hmm. me to pe- uh, pieces you know? mm-hmm. and it ended up that i held up a lot of arguments it, it again the stuff that you're talking about the the scientific um you know testing and and how accurate stuff is Again, Rhine Institute has a lot, a lot of stuff. Yeah. The Psychical Research um, Institute of, or uh, International Society of Psychical Research. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Dean Radin with very um, interesting yeah. thinker. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, it's he. I actually have him in a magazine. It's the but yeah, he came out with that new book on magic. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, I haven't yeah. read it yet, but I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. Okay, just because we're going to have to wrap up soon, but you've told me a little bit that yeah. it can be sort of strange dating as a oh, psychic. Sure. Yes, <laughs> How was yes, that? Yes. Um, well, you know where it's going to go, right? You mm-hmm. know, you kind of know where it's going to lead, and you, you choose to do it anyway, you know. Um, you can't always... And also, you can't always read in matters of the heart. Mm. But we're not objective mm. about our own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I've had some fabulous, fabulous relationships throughout the years. So I, it's helped me attract and um, uh, have a lot of karmic past life, deep, deep, deep connections. My love life has been anything but boring. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and I credit that to the fact that I'm psychic and mm. extrasensory. Mm. <laughs> right, so... Um, I I can connect very deeply with people, and that has been to benefit in some of my better relationships that I've had throughout the years. Okay. Um, but part of it is people are afraid. Mm. You know, um, I have I have caught people cheating on me. Mm. Um, so it it's like it comes in handy. Um, sometimes uh, maybe ignorance is bliss in other mm. ways, but. Uh, it, people tend to be intimidated by the fact that you're psychic because mm. they can you read my mind it's mm. like I get to ask that question all the time by men you know well then you know what I'm thinking it's like yeah I know and I didn't need to be psychic to know that <laughs> yeah so yeah fun so you know it's interesting um, a couple last things to um to finish up on you actually just had your Saturn return yeah um and it I actually was looking into your chart and yeah. um it's yeah. it's actually you're getting another hit yeah. um November 16th yeah. so right how do you around the corner. Yeah. right so how do you feel about um well, I just came out of I, ha- I just had breast cancer right. um I'm open about it now I was private about it while I was going through it um, but I'm an advocate for women getting um, mammograms okay. and taking charge of their health. Right. Um, I was scared that I was going to have breast cancer, and I ended up having breast cancer, and I'm glad that I had got a mammogram, mm. even though I was scared. Mm-hmm. Right? 
So I talk about it now, and maybe that was my Saturn return, right? I mean, that was my second Saturn return. It was definitely part of it. I'm coming up on the second. I mean, I'm coming up on the first anniversary of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So November 16th, um, I just, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in the beginning of December Mm. of last year. Mm. So um, I went through a lot of changes this year. Like mm-hmm. something that I would, I had to let go of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I let go of a home that I had for 22 years mm-hmm. um, that had a lot of karma with me. It was me and my mama's house. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, something that I never thought I would ever, like, ever, ever leave. Mm-hmm. Ever, ever, never thought I'd leave there. You know, cancer. I was scared. You know, um, I ended up going through it. Thankfully, I'm still here. I think I was very lucky to go through it, but I think it was my second sat return, right? Right, and it does. It sits in the part of your chart that's hospitals and yeah. and, and and ending. And you know, you said you were letting yeah. things go. I mean, it's like endings. The, I mean, the thing I you know. T- not to make a prediction, but you have, again, I was talking about that Jupiter Saturn, that's going to be in your first house and, um, and the first house. And it's also the second sign because I do both of money. So yourself and money. Yeah. Yeah, So that's a huge deal for you in your first house physically, but also, also, you know, gains for you materially. So I think, yeah, I've, I've had to learn to have relationships with Saturn. Yeah. I had to have, learn how to have relationships with Pluto, right? Mm. Well, these yes. are not people, you know, these are not gods that most people enjoy. Right. right. And I've had to make them my homeboys. Right. right? right. Um, you know, four planets or three planets and an ascendant in Capricorn. Right. right. So Saturn has been with me for a long yeah. time, right? Sure. And Saturn... You know, um, he loves me. Saturn adores me, right? Well, he's at home. He's in Capricorn, so he's at home where he wants to be in your chart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and, you know, it's, I gotta love it, right? I have to love it. You know, see, now that I'm thinking about it, Saturn is in your 12th house. It was said that Saturn, you know, it can go different ways. It can be sort of devilish, but he did, he finds his joy in the 12th house, Greek Greek wise. So that's interesting. And Pluto, I've been dealing with Pluto. Pluto was in Scorpio most of my 20s, right? Mm-hmm. And then it was in Sagittarius mm-hmm. most of my 30s and mm-hmm. 40s, right? Mm-hmm. 50s, actually, no, I guess. Um, and then it was, now it's in Capricorn. So Pluto has been, I've been married to Pluto. I mm-hmm. mean, I've been Persephone. And mm. I've had to have look and have a whole different relationship with Pluto because to me, Pluto is beneficent. Pluto's a benefactor, right? Sure, yeah. It can, it can, I mean, this is... I, I was writing about this because I'm getting... I do the horoscopes for Ambush magazine. And yeah, 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 yeah. no. Shout out to Ambush for get, having them do that. That's yeah. wonderful to make a commitment to astrology and all that stuff. But I was writing about um, sort of these Plutonian themes because Pluto's Hades. It's the underworld. And yeah. we understand it, you know, as sort of psychologically the subconscious. So mm-hmm. if we don't grapple with some of our drive, then they overtake us. But if we do grapple with them, there's actually treasure. You know, there are those old paintings, the, the um, famous paintings of like the crystals underneath the sure. earth. Yeah. So there's massive treasure to be gained if we do yeah. confront some of our dro- the Plutonian stuff, as you say. Sure. Yeah, and, ma- yeah. and ma- make friends with the, yeah. yeah, sort of make friends with your shadow in a way. That's yeah. a big... And thank Pluto because what Pluto is doing in the myth was pretty like ahead of his time in treating women not badly like he he made her the queen of the underworld and then he let her go like six months of the year and hang out with her mama right you know so he was pretty liberal yeah yeah you know to a woman in that time sure so um i'm like i feel like pluto's helped me a lot i but yeah, the yeah. whole second Saturn return. Yeah. I, I remember my first Saturn return very mm. well. I, I remember it. Uh, and just yeah. so, sorry, just so I explain to people briefly, yeah. Saturn. So Saturn takes it's about like twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine. I should know those better yeah, years to come around your chart. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it basically it it can be a point of real difficulty, but ho- having to set up certain structures sure. to handle things, and then it, yeah. so it happens every you know a yeah. little less than thirty years. Yeah. So it, it happens. 
you know, what? two, two, actually, well, you know, it can be three times in a lifetime too. Yeah. You know, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I want to be the oldest living psychic. Yes. Living. I think you're going to get there. So, so um, yeah. one last thing, do sure. you, um, you know, you're, you, so people can pr- already hear you, you know, you're quite a good astrologer yourself. I oh. mean, you, you know, you really, do, do you have any, you, not only, um, you yourself as kind of an astrologer, but My things that, yeah. yes, and, yeah. or just things that are happening in the heavens that you are noticing now and would like to tell people. Um, oh boy. Uh, well, you know, a lot of the Pluto stuff in Capricorn is the toppling of these institutions. And right. And, and, and again, so people know that Pluto moved yeah. into this, it took on the energy of Capricorn or moved into the sign of Capricorn. It was around 2008, which was yeah. the financial crisis, actually. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's yeah. still kind of kicking ass through Pluto. Yeah. Um, I mean, through, through uh, Capricorn. Mm-hmm. And, and so there is a lot of just structure yeah. shifting that's yeah, happening yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, from that. Um, what else have I, um, you know, there are phases that I don't really tune into what's going on in me. It's Mercury retrograde, Mm -hmm. what you're talking about. Um, sometimes I don't tune into the planets and I think I've been in a, just, I'm not really looking at anything. Um, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't like you're, I didn't realize that my, it was like the second, second Saturn return coming up for me until you mentioned it so yeah i think it had yeah. made one hit and it retrograded and now it's yeah. going to re re yeah. up on that yeah. um awesome th- see this yeah. stuff to me is i feel again saturn can be a benefactor absolutely right? yes and yeah. so if you pay attention like it was hard it definitely i mean the first time it was i wasn't paying attention then but what i've been through like in the last year or so it definitely feel like it was a Saturn return. Mm-hmm. Like it definitely, even without looking at it, it felt like it. And you told me about some of it. Um, and yeah, it was rough. I mm-hmm. mean, but you just have to buckle up yeah. and suck it up mm-hmm. and go through some of that stuff and trust. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, what absolutely. you do get at the end of it, like I'm really at this absolutely. point pretty much. Um, a badass. Yes, absolutely. Going, like once you get through that mm-hmm. Saturn stuff, you are you are stronger than you've ever been. Absolutely, and I think one thing you said that's very interesting is you know sometimes I'm just not really tuned into the planets, and that's okay. I think people yeah. should know. There's an old saying: astrology is a great. Um, servant but a terrible master so if you're always looking into these things it has to come at sort of a a revealed moment or there has to be a reason to look into it or it gets it becomes revealed i'd love to get my uh, i love a solar return i think it's an important thing to do i think all of that is great Um, but for whatever reason i've been a little out of the loop Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's okay, you mm-hmm. know. It's okay. Absolutely, and I, I think people yeah. should know that. It's. I had a client come to me the other day, and she's like, "Well, can we do this?" And da, 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 da. I'm like, "Well, okay, yes, I'm doing this and this." And I was able to read this in your chart, and it kind of came to me. But you don't want to like look at every single aspect that's happening at every moment. Then we would be like glued to the sky, and like sure. that's you can't live your life like that. Yeah, clients ask me a lot how frequently they should get readings mm-hmm. and stuff, and I'm like, you need to let some time for the angels to do their work absolutely you, know, you can't just keep looking a watch pot never boils really absolutely so yeah there should be spaces in it you know would you have anything last that you'd like to say to the audience um well this has just been lovely and um i enjoyed this stuff that's going on with the uh scorpio energy this evening and yeah. what a strong thing to be discussing psychic and astrology mm. and and digging deep mm-hmm. and um, what a joy to have such stimulating conversation um it really yeah i kind of live a sheltered life and so <laughs> no i really yeah. I, I um i it's lovely to speak with somebody you know about the stuff that really matters the most to us i mean we're experts in mm-hmm. the field and mm-hmm. so it's fun to sit and have a tete-a-tete with an expert. <laughs> well, thank you. That means a lot to me, too. And, I, you know, it's been this has been even more than I thought it would be. It's wonderful. Um, okay, so that's it. This is Dan Beck signing off from the Star Love Podcast. And remember, if you love the stars, they'll love you back. On the next episode of the Star Love Podcast, we'll be featuring astrologer and Time Passages software founder Henry Seltzer. 
we discuss Henry's pioneering book, The Tenth Planet, that explores the astrological heiress, the feminine warrior archetype for soul purpose. Thank you for listening, and please rate us on Apple Podcasts. If you're interested in sponsoring a future podcast, email james at innermakeup.net.